present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Nittleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. You join us in Basingstoke, the fine Hampshire town that boasts an historical tapestry richly woven with culture. <laughs> a pride of place in the town's museum goes to the skull of a 300,000-year-old male, discovered here in 1962. A primitive being with short legs and long arms, Basingstoke man is described by experts as genetically somewhere between ape and human. <laughs> Sadly, they don't know anything about that old skull. <laughs> Jane Austen was born at nearby Steventon, where she shared a romance with a Basingstoke man, widely believed to be a forester. But their engagement lasted only one night. History doesn't record what suddenly prompted her to leave Acorn Willie Jenkins. <laughs> One of Basingstoke's most famous sons is Thomas Burberry, inventor of rainproof gabardine. He perfected his proofing method after noticing that an oily substance from wool made a shepherd's trousers water-resistant after prolonged contact with sheep. <laughs> Burberry set up shop in Winchester Street and the business flourished until 1905 when the premises were destroyed by fire. The fire brigade attended immediately, but they got soaked when all the water from their hoses bounced straight back. <laughs> Luckily, the business was saved when townsfolk obliged by covering the merchandise with wet blankets. And to this day, Basingstoke holds an annual event in commemoration. So please welcome four honoured guests to the, ba <laughs> to the Basingstoke Wet Blanket Festival. <laughs> On my left, Barry Cryer and Graham Garton. On my right, Tim Brooke Taylor and Linda Smith. And please welcome the lovely lady whose entry is always warmly welcomed. Our faithful scorer, the delightful Samantha. You won't have failed to notice that many organizations these days feel the need to encapsulate their mission statement in a simple motto or slogan. For example, back in 1997, the Labour Party brilliantly adopted the slogan, Things Can Only Get Better, a notion they've made even more true today. <laughs> So, teams, I'd like you please to suggest mottos likely to be adopted by certain societies, businesses, governments, or other organizations. Barry, you can start. Um, allied carpets, 50 years of closing down sales. <laughs> Graham? As one for the Guild of Plate Glass Shop Window Removers. <laughs> we take great pains. Tim? The Amputation Society. Go to work on a leg. <laughs> Linda? Here's the motto of the Association of Norfolk Bakers. 200 years in bread. 
The motto of Big Brother, who cares who wins? <laughs> the Kamikaze Club, we missed. <laughs> Ikea, I'm sorry, you're going to have to put your own slogan together. And a local one I noticed, Basingstoke, gateway to Reading. <laughs> la Société des Bâtiments Anciens de la France, retired mariners in France, uh, their slogan in English is to the sea, this is the time, in French, allo sailor. <laughs> The Society of Mime Artists. <laughs> One for the House of Lords. May contain nuts. British Telecom. Putting you on hold. The Procrastination Society, 100 years without a motto. <laughs> okay, the teams are going to sing for us now in the round called One Song to the Tune of Another. In this game, the teams will combine the words of one song with the tune of a different one. Musical accompaniment will be provided by Colin Sell, who's rightly famous for his piano arrangements, although he can get you tickets for most other ferry operators. <laughs> okay, Tim, we'll start with you. Will you please sing the words of Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now by the Smiths to the tune of Gilbert and Sullivan's lovely song, Tit Willow. I was happy in the haze of a drunken hour, but heaven knows I'm miserable now. I was looking for a job, and then I found a job, and heaven knows I'm miserable now. In my life, why do I give valuable time to people who don't care if I live or die? To lovers entwined, Pass me by, and heaven knows I'm miserable now. I don't think I can go on. <laughs> it's you now, Linda. Would you please sing the words of Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads to the tune of to the tune of Rene and Renato's hit "Save Your Love." up to the facts I'm tense and nervous and I can't relax I can't sleep cause my bed's on fire don't touch me I'm a real life wire psycho killer Keska say ba 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 Psycho 
Finally, Graham, would you please sing the words of Lady Marmalade to the tune of Who Do You Think You Are Kidding, Mr. Hitler? <laughs> hey, sister, go, sister, soul, sister, go, sister. Hey, sister, go, sister, soul, sister, go, sister. He met my head Marmalade down in old New Orleans. Strutting her stuff on the street, he said hello. Hey, Joe, you wanna give it up a go? Mm -hmm. Itchy, gitchy, ya, ya, da, da, itchy, gitchy, ya, ya, here, mocha, chocolate, ya, ya, with your lady mama, la, boo. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? Awesome comedy. <laughs> Hang on, I skipped a line there. I should have read, hmm, a bit of musical entertainment would have been nice. Awesome comedy. <laughs> the next game is all about boasting, which is why it's called Swankers. <laughs> you know, if you're going to boast, it's best not to get caught out. Remember how Jonathan Aitken was caught swanking with his simple sword of truth and his trusty shield of fair play? Well, he was later proved in court to be one of the most useless swankers ever. <laughs> In this, round, in this round, the teams will take it in turns to be guests at a social function, boasting about fascinating aspects of their lives. Shouldn't take long. <laughs> Each succeeding guest has to try to outdo his or her predecessor. When I honk my horn once, the teams have to change the topic of conversation. If I honk twice, it's the end of the round. If I honk three times, it means my escape tunnel's been discovered. <laughs> Off you go, Tim. I don't know about you accountants, but I balance my books all the time. I balance my books before I get up in the morning. I don't know about you accountants, but I'm so on top of my accounts that I'm thinking of becoming an actuary 
for the challenge. <laughs> well, I don't know about you. I don't bother with the accounts. I have a little criminal to do those for me. <laughs> topic. Um, well, I don't know about the rest of you nuns, but <laughs> I've got nothing to boast about. I would say something, but I'm part of a silent order. <laughs> I've just been voted noisiest nun in the convent. I just voted you noisiest nun in the convent. <laughs> We're <laughs> such a strict order. We don't allow any nuns in our convent. Well, when I got married to Christ... <laughs> Lovely photographs. We had 500 mushroom volivants. We had 2,000 mushroom volivants, and we weren't allowed to eat a single one. <laughs> we have an interesting new round now. <laughs> with a game called Who's Dustbin? I've specially commissioned a team of researchers to take the dustbins from outside the homes of certain celebrities or organizations. The object of the game is to identify the bin's owner by careful examination of its contents. Actually, our own Tim Brooke Taylor may be at something of an advantage here, as he spent some time working for Reading Council as a dustman researching his next role. As a dustman for Reading Council. <laughs> okay, Tim and Linda, the first celebrity dustbin I've procured is for you to rummage through, and the identity of its mystery owner is now being displayed to our theatre audience via the laser display screen. <laughs> uh, here is the mystery voice for listeners at home. Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews. Let's have a look in here. Get the lid off. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, all right. right. Oh, it's quite a lot of um, paper. Yeah. Is yeah. it? It's brown, isn't it? It's brown. Is it? Brown. I tell you what. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You could use the. Oh no, you can't. Why not? Someone's done it up with sellotape. Oh, that ruins oh. the <laughs> the brown paper packages. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Oh, there's some, there's an ointment here. It's for, oh, what's that? for dog bites and bee stings. Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh, look, it's a little kitten with no whiskers. Oh. Oh, oh no, look, no, 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 stop. Hoot. Oh, what kind of sick Kit person. It's uh, got no sense of direction. It's yeah. veering about all over the place. It's got no spatial awareness whatsoever. Hump. Whose dustbin could this possibly be? Sorry, put the top on. Larry and Graham. I think it's uh, it's her, isn't it? It's um, we can't. Julie, yeah. Julie. Time's up. Walters. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Andrews. Julie Andrews. Must be. Okay, your turn to rummage now, Barry and Graham. Audience, here's the owner's identity going up on the laser display board. Listens at home. <laughs> Here's the mystery voice. Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein. In the dustbin. Here we go. Take the lid off, Gray. <laughs> Found him. 
not worthy opponents. <laughs> found him, was it? Found him or found him? It was him. There was nothing else in the bin. Just him. There wasn't room for anything else. <laughs> certainly found nothing else in the bin. Nothing? <laughs> But that does, doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't there. It must be so much fun if you know the answer. <laughs> Somebody a lot of people were looking for. Oh, oh. hello, Bin Larden. Close. You're very warm. I noticed earlier. <laughs> Would Iraq help? Yeah. <laughs> Would it be Saddam? Our next game is all about the exchange of letters between unlikely correspondents. It's called 84 Chicken Crossroad. <laughs> With the advent of the internet and email, letter writing has largely gone out of fashion to the extent that before long, the good old postage stamp will become redundant. There'll be no more commemorative issues, which is a shame. My favourite issue was the one depicting breeds of British dogs, each stamp coming with a special instruction to sniff the back before licking it. <laughs> in this round... In this round, each team will take it in turns to improvise the letters of two famous historical figures who corresponded with one another in a series of letters. Tim and Linda will start by composing a letter from Queen Victoria to John Brown, and then Barry and Graham will come up with the reply and so on. However, the challenge is that the letters must be constructed by each panellist, alternating one word at a time. When I honk my horn once... Oh, God, we go back to this horn now. <laughs> When I honk my horn once, the letter writer should immediately sign off and the other team begin to reply. A double honk will indicate the end of the correspondence. Oh, the temptation. <laughs> off you go, Tim and Linda. I've forgotten who we are. Where uh... are we? Queen Victoria yeah. to John Brown. Right. Um, dear John. I'm writing to you to say we must end this arrangement. <laughs> it's horrible, but necessary. <laughs> I wish to say that I would like to try and try and try You've got to come up with the answer They're not going to sign up With best wishes <laughs> Now you can come up with the answer. Who starts? Ferry and Graham. <laughs> Dear. Madge. 
What? Where you thinking of? When you wrote that letter <laughs> to me? Missing me already, John. <laughs> I tell you what, let's, uh, let's, let's try that again. This time we'll examine the lost correspondence between Henry VIII and the Pope. <laughs> and you can start us off this time, please, Barry or Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Who's writing the first letter? Us. Okay, let's try that again. But this time we'll examine the lost correspondence between Henry VIII and the Pope. Don't get sexy. You can start us off. <laughs> you can start us off this time, please, Barry and Graham. What could be simpler than that? <laughs> Just because you didn't have any visitors today, there's no. <laughs> Not our fault. <laughs> and who are we? We'll be uh, Henry VIII, shall we? Uh, Say about it. We'll be Henry VIII, we'll yes. Dear Pope, I hope that you will forgive me writing to you in this fashion, but I sincerely hope that you are ready for some action. <laughs> Although, yesterday, I saw outside my window a nun who was, surprisingly, <laughs> killing time <laughs> while sitting on a small yet... <laughs> Shapely. Skunky. And imagine my <laughs> surprise when my current wife came bustling in and cried loudly, What on earth is donkey <laughs> doing in the <laughs> previous <laughs> installment <laughs> of this letter. <laughs> Your pal, Henry. Jim and Linda, go on. Dear... Henry. V... V... One... One... One. <laughs> What's up? 
Mapper, you. <laughs> Why, you look a so sad. <laughs> What's the matter with Rome? Pizza. No, sir. Bad. Even nicer. Please. Ah, shut up there. Your face. Well, I notice it's very nearly the end of the show, but it's just time to squeeze in a round of Daily Mail songbook. Samantha is an avid reader of the newspapers, and every Sunday she gets the news agents to deliver. She says he likes to come in and place the Times open on the breakfast bar and observe us spread out on the kitchen table. <laughs> so, teams, while she's occupying herself with that, I'll invite you please to suggest titles of songs likely to appeal to readers of the Daily Mail. Graham, will you start, please? The Daily Mail, you are the sunshine of my life, Mom. String them up before you go-go. <laughs> Please don't read The Guardian, Maud. <laughs> Who let the frogs in? <laughs> oh, hold it, Foxband Gallop, what a picture. <laughs> Hanging on the telephone is too good for them, frankly. <laughs> You're the one that I want, Mum. <laughs> sherry, Sherry, baby, why don't you stay out of sight? <laughs> gilly, Gilly, Simon Heffer catching all the bogus asylum seekers <laughs> by the sea. Strangers in the night, feel free to shoot them. I can't stop loving you, Mom. <laughs> and there's, that, of course, that lovely uh, dusty Springfield number, wishing and hanging and flogging and tagging. <laughs> and the old Helen Shapiro number, walking bath to happiness. <laughs> Do I diddy diddy dum diddy do, Mom? <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, as the little Dutch boy of destiny sticks his finger in the dike of fate, <laughs> and the former BBC Director General asks him not to. I know this is the end of the show, so from the team, Samantha, myself, and the good folk of Basingstoke, it's goodbye. Barry Fryer, Graham Garden, Tim Brooke Taylor, and Linda Smith have been given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sal setting some of them to music. The programme consultant was Ian Pattinson.